Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining me today on the Divine Messages podcast. My name is Karina, and I am a psychic medium out of Calgary, Alberta. Today on the podcast, I have one of my Reiki master students and very good friends coming on with me. She is an incredible soul who is filled with light, but recently suffered an incredible loss that unfortunately changed her entire path that she once felt was laid out right in front of her. So everyone, please help me welcome Shannon to the podcast. Shannon, how are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me on, Karina. I'm extremely grateful that you're here with me today because I know that this is not easy to share your story, but I feel like your story is going to help someone else out there. And that's why we're doing this. Yeah, you know, that was my intention I set before I got on this call today was to to allow my heart to open and to be as present as I can so that this story, you know, can hopefully touch, touch those that maybe can relate to what, what I'm living currently. I believe it will. I have goosebumps from head to toe. And that is always our sign that it's truth, right? Truth resonates at such a high vibration that that's why we get chicken skin and goosebumps and things like that. So we will just let this flow and see where it goes because spirit always leads the way, right? Absolutely. Always. <laughs> All right. Well, let's take everybody back in time, back to when we met. And I have been sitting here for days going, wait a second, how did this all happen? Because we're such good friends that it just was so effortless from the very start that I can't remember how it started. <laughs> Isn't that crazy yeah. how that works, right? It's incredible. I, I was doing the same thing, trying to think back to how long we've known each other. And it's probably five, six years ago that we met. Is it only that? Oh my yeah. goodness. I wanted to say, you know, this morning, oh, we've known each other for like eight years. Like it just feels <laughs> like, well, it feels like a lifetime. Obviously we're soul sisters. And I, I know yeah. that because we are just, we really get each other. And I believe that, you know, sometimes you meet people and you can just be yourself with, and that's when, you know, you're in the presence of your soul family, right? Because it just is effortless. So I want to say I've been in the place that I'm at for five years. So I would say, yeah, six, six years ago then, because we met when I was living in the other house in Chestermere. Mm -hmm. On the Rainbow Street. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I love that name. <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh, lovely. It was such a, you know, this place where I live, where we moved to, even though it's cold and everybody knows that I would love out of Alberta, the city <laughs> that I live in is very magical. There's something really wonderful about the energy here. So this is where you came to when we first yes. did our, our first session. But actually, what's coming to me now is I believe I was at a group reading Mm-hmm. and your mother yeah. was at the yes mm-hmm. oh my gosh and it's coming back to me now okay <laughs> yeah yeah and she came to me so that would have been the six years ago my mom came to me after she experienced that reading and shared with me what came through and it was a very life-changing moment <laughs> what Aww. came through in that reading for myself anyways and I think for my mom as well it was it was quite incredible. Yes. I remember meeting her at that group reading. There was, um, I guess it was one of her friends and who I am still good friends with that lady as well. Mm-hmm. And I think in that group session, 
I was just, you know, I, and I never know what happens in a group reading. It just, things start to come out and I didn't know you. I just said to your mom, look, this is a message for you. And can you please tell your daughter? And mm-hmm. from there it was, um, it was so personal and it was so specific yeah. that it led you to me. You ended up booking a session with me not long after that. Yeah. yeah I remember thinking, oh my gosh, because you, can I share the story? Absolutely. The please story? do. Because, yeah. Because, yeah, I think everyone in that room had no idea who you were connecting to at that, at that moment, because an eight-year-old boy had come through and oh, yeah. no, nobody in that space had, had lost a, a young boy. And um, he started to talk about his sisters, his older sister named Izzy. And that's when my mom's ears perked up and was like, what? Why, why is this eight-year-old boy talking about my granddaughter? <laughs> right. And, um, and he started talking about soccer that, that they were playing and how he would help her on the field, you know, score goals. And, um, and then he started talking about his twin sister, Taylor. And uh, that's when she put it together that this was her grandson and you know this grandson never took a breath like he was um he had passed away in utero at around six months gestation so nobody nobody knew this grandson but he showed up in that way because he'd been growing up beside taylor all this time right and beside busy yeah. and, and he he was a part of our family from spirit in that spirit realm and um that just changed everything for me because you know I hadn't done a lot of my healing I hadn't I hadn't really worked through any of the grief of that loss um I just kind of got thrown into life and when I came and saw you that's when I realized like um that I still had a lot of work to do (laughs) when it comes to uh facing that loss and um right and yeah the reading that you gave me was just incredible and that's what opened the door to our relationship and um to me feeling really drawn to take the Reiki master's course from you because I just felt so connected in that moment it was like yeah you trusted me and I, you know, trusted you back. We just instantly felt connected from that day because you had taken your Reiki level one and two years prior with someone else. And I didn't know you until that day. And it was in that moment where you're like, I actually do want to do my master's. I'm ready. And I want to take it from you. And I said, okay, perfect. Yeah. And from there, we just went on this journey of I guess, just being in each other's lives. And we just, I don't know, somehow just clicked like that. It was, it was effortless and we felt really comfortable to kind of, I think to just grow together really. And over the course of the, you know, couple of years, you would come to mediumship classes. That's where we really started to get close because you would come and I'd say, okay, you know, are you, I don't know, like I was hosting these classes actually in person back then, remember? Yeah. And I'm like, hey, come to the class. And 
you would show up to these classes and we just really, I guess, bonded and I would watch you in class and I could always feel, and I'm, you know, going to say this, but I could always feel when people were intimidated by you, because when I would give you all, you know, something to practice on and there you were, you know, just writing, 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 and all this information was flowing to you. And some of the others were getting frustrated because they were just getting one word or one thing. And I would say to everybody, look, you guys just relax. You can all do this. Your egos are just getting in the way, you know, just calm down, breathe and let it just flow and let it happen. And you would just get right in there. Just all this information, blah, 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 you know? I was always so impressed with how much you trusted what was coming to you. And then through those classes, because we started to get closer, I'm trying to remember how this went. I ended up coming to you because you're also a hairstylist. Mm -hmm. And so you started to do my hair. And from there, we just built an even stronger bond because I would come to see you what it was like every five weeks or so. And then we decided that we were going to trade our doing Reiki sessions, right? Yeah. Because again, well, and you know this, and I'm sure a lot of people that know me know this. I have a very difficult time letting go with people and trusting them. And especially when it comes to energy work, because I take energy work so seriously, I know what people are carrying. I know what baggage they have. And I am very particular of who I let put their hands on me energetically. And I knew without a doubt that I trusted you. And I said, absolutely, let's do this. And so we started doing Reiki practices or shares really on each other, not practices. Sorry, I take it back. <laughs> so <laughs> we were clearing each other. We needed it. <laughs> We were, we both yeah. needed to have yeah. this clearing done because the healers always forget to do healing on ourselves. So it was such a good reminder that we had, it was like, okay, let's do it. And I think we were doing it once a month for a while. Yeah. And it was like, okay, we just book our date. You came in, we did like, you know, 45 minutes to an hour on each other. And then it was like magical. We both needed it so badly. And then as we were doing these healings on each other, I kept saying to you, I know you're working as a stylist. I know you have a lot of clients, but you have to do this. This is who you are. Look at how amazing you are. And I think your fears were in the way of, of doing it. I think you were just, you know, contemplating, do I have this? What are people going to think? And, and yet I laughed because you had this amazing healing room in your basement right beside your salon. And yet I think you questioned yourself so much and I kept pushing you and pushing you. And I said to you one day at your house, and I'll never forget this, Shannon, all you have to do is just tell the universe that you're ready, that you're willing to be of service and everything will fall into place. And as soon as you said, okay, I'm going to do this. You did your website. You, I think, created business cards because you gave me some of those. And next thing I know, the next time I see you, you're like, oh my God, I'm working, you know, two to three appointments a day doing this and then doing hair. And I don't know how to do it all. And I said, whoa, okay. I said, say yes, but not to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> and so 
you were, you were working nonstop and it was getting really crazy. And both of us were working, you know, so much that we would be each other's reminder. Okay, slow down, take a deep breath. And then COVID hit. And then both of us had to go on to doing Zoom appointments and phone sessions and things like that, which I'm very grateful for. And I know you were grateful for, but then I believe you all got COVID in December of 2020, 2020, right? From that COVID time, December, 2020, I remember in about March or so you had come to me and said, I don't think Scott, who is your husband, Mm -hmm. um, is doing okay. Something's wrong, Karina. And I remember you coming to me and I'll let you share the next part if that's okay. Um, But I do remember you coming to me and saying something's wrong. I think he needs to get something healed or looked at. So, yeah. So, so you're still, you're talking about 2020 when we were having that conversation. This wasn't last year, right? This was. Yep. 2020. 2020. Okay. Um, Yeah. I had been doing regular Reiki treatments on Scott and um, I'm sure you can relate to this, but when you do any kind of intuitive work or healing work on close family members and friends, sometimes it can be, um, sometimes you're just too close to it. (laughs) And so even if you are receiving message or getting some clarity about things, you really question it or you maybe don't trust it. Absolutely. I had heard something quite scary and had kind of shoved it away. And um, yeah, and all I, all I kept hearing repeatedly was there's something really serious happening. Something's going on. Um, he needs an MRI. He, he, needs to, he needs to take the next step in his own journey of health and, and figure out what's going on. And, and it didn't matter how many times I told him <laughs> something serious is really happening. Something's going on in your body. You need to get some help you need to go for this MRI that's all I kept hearing mm-hmm. you know further investigation needs to be had here I, I wasn't wasn't getting a clear you know you answer. have this you're, I wasn't getting a clear answer and I think that's probably why I came to you like what's going on um he's not listening to me you know he wasn't he wasn't hearing me he wasn't ready to face whatever was going on in his body um and then yeah early last year he got really sick he started having night sweats he started losing a bunch of weight um he wasn't sleeping um and that's when my anger just got to a a a degree of like seriousness you know like you can't tell people what to do you can't make them do something they don't want to do But um, I finally said, like, what is it going to take? You need to go to the hospital. And he finally went to his doctor and the doctor made him go to the hospital. So, (laughs) you know, if I, I I, I say this now, like if I, if I, if I wore a white coat, he might've heard me, he might've listened to me, but, Mm. but I didn't. And, you know, I think that plays into a lot of my my insecurities around really stepping or choosing to step into this work was that I was, you know, um, 
maybe not being validated and heard in the ways that I needed to in my, in my personal life. You know what I mean? And it's like, I do. It's really hard to trust it and to step into it. Um, yeah. When you're not feeling supported in your, in your current situation. So anyways, when he, when he went to the hospital, that's when we got some pretty devastating news that he in fact had cancer growing in his left chest wall area. And, um, and it was very advanced. It was quite uh, progressed and um, the journey moving forward was going to be a challenge. And so it was around March of last year when he um, had surgery and um, was in the hospital for 10 days recovering from the surgery. They removed a tumor the size of a grapefruit wow. uh, from his rib cage. And, um, and yeah, this was still COVID time. So he was in the hospital 10 days by himself. Um, no family was allowed to visit. I remember. Thank goodness for FaceTime calls, but um, yeah, he was, he, he made some friends. He made some good friends in the hospital who helped him and supported him. So yeah, when he came home from the hospital, he was, we were all feeling lighter thinking, okay, you know, step one, we, we got the cancer out. It hadn't spread to the body throughout the body. So we were feeling, you know, optimistic. The unfortunate part about <laughs> having intuition and this information, you know, hasn't really been shared with many people, but um, when I got off the phone with the surgeon, when he was still in the hospital, he had said, you know, he thinks he got it all and, um, you know, things are looking good. He should be home in about 10 days. When I got off the phone with that surgeon, I heard, I heard that my husband had nine months. <laughs> oh my gosh, Shannon, my hair on my legs yeah. standing. Yeah. And in that moment, I thought, nope, I didn't hear that. Nope. I'm going to be Oof. positive. I'm going to, we're going to change this, this path. We're going to do whatever we need to do to, you know, to, to heal this cancer, to heal his journey. And, um, I just didn't want to hear it. I did. I wanted to unhear that. You know what I mean? <laughs> mm -hmm. I get um, it. So this whole like intuitive mediumship skill that one can develop can be a burden sometimes because you don't want to hear these things when they come through. We, you, um, you know, that if they've allowed you to hear these things, they're trying to prepare you for what's coming. Right. But you also think, how, how do I, what do I do with that information? <laughs> I always say that too, right? It's like a, some people mm -hmm. view it as such a gift. And I say, yes, to a degree, it's a gift, but there are so many times that I know you can understand this but with what you just said. We can also see it as a curse in a way, because there's things that we don't want the heads up on, and yet they know they have to give it to us. And, you know, that doesn't make it any easier for someone who has the little insight into our worlds and our families and it just makes it really scary it makes it really scary 
for sure. I know. And, you know, <laughs> at that time, I've always been a believer in um, some of Dr. Joe Dispenza's work. Mm-hmm. He has he has multiple testimonies of people who who choose the mindfulness path to heal their heal their bodies. But you know, he, his his mantra is change your energy, change your life. You know, and so changing your energy requires stepping into uh, a, a dedicated mindfulness practice and changing who you are and in order to, to heal the body. And so I was, of course, you know, preaching (laughs) and this is, this was never received very well by my husband. (laughs) I needed to really, that was my life. Like I needed to really learn how to, to reach him um, in a way that he felt was his, um, his idea, not mine. <laughs> if that makes any sense, but it totally makes sense. So, so yeah, I was presenting him with this this idea that Joe Dispenza could be the answer. We could go this route, um, but again, it's not something that the, our medical system is currently aware of, or if they are, they're not allowed to to speak of it because. Um, you know, when, when Scott would have these conversations with the oncologist, like, do you know of any other, do you know any stories of people who have had these radical remissions where the cancer just goes away and every doctor he asked all said, no, 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 that doesn't happen. That is not, that is not possible. That is not a reality. Here's what we can offer you, you know, and it's, it's radiation, it's chemotherapy, it's drugs. Um, they, they don't have um, the knowledge of, you know, the alternatives and what can, what can manifest in one story with cancer if they choose. And so, um, so Scott did choose to go the chemotherapy route and, mm-hmm. and we just watched him deteriorate and fade away from the drugs. Um, it was awful. It was inhumane <laughs> to witness, um, you know, someone you love, you know, just get sicker and sicker from the drugs, from the chemotherapy drugs they were giving him. It wasn't the cancer at this stage. The cancer had been removed. Um, we did wow. find out that the cancer was coming back six weeks later, but, um, I believe his symptoms were from the drugs. They were, they were killing him, you know, and I know that cancer kills us as well, but I feel like the, the way that we treat cancer is uh, backwards. It doesn't make any sense to me, especially knowing, um, you know, after attending Dr. Joe Dispenza's week-long retreat just last month, understanding how disease manifests in the body and how we can actually change the the genetic code we can change we can change it um i believe it wholeheartedly now and i just i just wish so much that you know we could have chosen a different path but um 
Yeah, when Scott felt that the chemo wasn't working, he did decide to start trying these meditations. We we uh, downloaded the progressive and the intensive workshops, and he was blessing his energy centers daily in his meditations. But he was also very tired and very sick, so he was hard. It was hard to focus. It was hard to actually do the work. And I think it's hard and to believe that, in that moment when you're not feeling good like that. It's well, you're you, you have you, to. Kind of, it's really hard that faith. It, yeah, You know, you have to be able to overcome your body and your, and the pain and the emotion attached to that in order to believe in a, in a future that doesn't really exist yet, because that's what you're telling your body in these meditations is that I am healed. I am well, I am whole. Um, you know, you have that remembering of what we really are. We are just spirit in this human body having this human experience and you're in this moment of suffering like that can be healed you know yeah. and and he was starting to understand that he was starting to get to a place of of um awakening let's call it <laughs> and I never thought I would ever see that shift in my husband <laughs> because I know we've talked about that years. <laughs> he, was, he had a lot of resistance and he had a lot he of just closed to the idea that there was anything greater than what we see here in this dimension of time and space. <laughs> it is hard to understand, you know, it's hard. I think it's hard for majority, you know, like we are not taught that we are energy. We are not taught that, um, you know, unless you maybe are raised in a religious upbringing, you don't hear about spirit. You don't hear about something greater than yourself. And why would you, why would you attach to any of that belief, right? So it's true. I know we had a really hard time with trying to believe it wasn't that. And, and he was so supportive of you. Like, that's what I loved about him was he was so supportive, but it was more like you do you. And I'll, just, do you. I'll, I'll sit, sit over here. <laughs> and yeah, you know, and, and Nick yeah. was the very same in the beginning. And I remember having multiple conversations with you about Nick and how I felt he would also do the same, like you do you, but um, I'll just sit over here because I don't understand it. And now he's definitely in a different place of understanding and, and he does believe, which yeah. is incredible. But I know that Scott just couldn't get to that full belief. Yeah. And then as he was going through that chemo and the radiation, and I know you and I were talking quite a bit and, and you were saying he's just, he's not okay. Yeah. Yeah. He was just fading quickly. It, it really did get a hold of him quite fast. And there was a time where he was like, okay, we got to get to one of these week long Joe Dispenza retreats. <laughs> I'm ready. Aww. And he was so sick. He could like, there's no way he could have traveled. Um, and every time we would try to, to book something, COVID would interfere and get in the way. And we just had so many closed doors in our face. And um, yeah, when it came to the end, you know, he was actually starting to mentally, I could see him growing some strength mentally mm -hmm. with each meditation he was doing. And with more understanding with this progressive and the intensive workshop, I could see things shifting in him. His vocabulary was changing. His 
um, ideas of the world and, and life and what it all meant to him was starting to change. And he was starting to feel stronger and just in that mental sense, his physical body was still, you know, it was going downhill, but his mind was changing. And um, he got a phone call in September from the oncologist just informing him that the, you know, the CT scan doesn't look good. The chemo doesn't seem to be working. Mm. Um, we don't really have any other options here. And, uh, you know, Dr. Joe just then that talks a lot about like accepting the, the diagnosis from these doctors, accepting prognosis. When somebody tells you something, especially devastating like that, you have a choice to make. You can choose to believe it or you can choose not to. And in that moment, Scott chose to believe that all hope was lost and it was, and it was over. He couldn't, he, there was no more options for him. He chose to, to take that as truth. And two weeks, two weeks later, he was gone. Like that's how, that's how quick my hair. (laughs) That's how quick it can change. Like your mind can change. You accept it. His body completely took a turn. His mind, like he just couldn't. He gave up. He couldn't get a hold of it. Yeah. It was, Mm -hmm. it was fact for him. Whatever that doctor said to him that day changed everything. And I don't think that doctors realize how powerful their words are in these moments of like detriment. Yes, you have terminal cancer. Yes, things don't seem to be improving at this time, but it took a long time for you to get to this place. It's going to take time to heal it and to come out of it. You're trying to overcome yourself. You're trying to overcome, you know, your patterns, your beliefs, (laughs) the ideas and, um, and he just needed more time. And yeah, when he heard that news, he it just changed everything. Two <laughs> weeks, you know. Mm-hmm. And we also have a fellow Reiki master student um, in the group of ours. And th- I did a whole episode about her. I think this is probably like last year, maybe the year before. And it was called, my gosh, if I can remember, sorry, there's 85 episodes at this point, but I believe it was you can heal your body or, or pay attention to your body. I'll have to figure out that actual name of it. But Mm -hmm. anyways, the point is that I talked about her journey in that episode because she had also been given extremely bad news that there was no hope. You have X amount of months to live. And she decided the opposite. Okay. That's what I've been told. Watch me. I'm going to heal this. And she went on a path of healing herself through her thoughts, through her foods that she ate. Really, it was her mindset, she said. Mm -hmm. And she did heal breast cancer. And I believe it was stage three or four. Like she was really not okay. And she healed her life because she chose a different path. And I will say, and I I think it's important to say, there are times where we are meant to leave and we get called back home and we can't change certain exit plans. I believe through our physical existence, we have exit points that we can either choose to take, or we can take 
another one. So say I say to you, okay, Shannon, you know, so-and-so's exit point is either at 35, 65 or 95. They can decide to be, to go home at any of those three points. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so that's how these miracle stories happen. They, you know, even though she was told this, she could have taken that exit plan at this time, but she chose, no, I'm not going to, I'm going to take the one furthest from now. And she chose to heal it. Yeah. I hope that makes sense to people out there, but she chose to love her life. Yeah. I think, she did. I think these, these um, diagnoses are just little wake up calls. And I totally agree with the written in the stars term, you know, like I do believe we have multiple, maybe, maybe there are three exit plans. Maybe there's more. <laughs> I don't know. There are more sometimes. Yes. Sometimes it depends on the contract signed, but I think that, yeah, there is free will in some of these, these, um, stories that we are presented with for sure and Mm -hmm. yeah we have to choose to do the healing do the work or maybe there's there's work on the other side that needs to be done and I believe that if it wasn't for the belief system that I have um I wouldn't be where I am right now my my grief journey has been a difficult one but because I have the understanding of what we really are and why we're here and what our purpose is in life. Um, and we all have a different purpose, but I, I think I was able to get to acceptance a lot quicker on this path. And I know that a lot of people can get really hung up and caught up in, in grief when we, when we don't have this understanding when you, when you believe that they're really gone and they're not really here with us, I, I feel Scott all the time. I am connected to him always. And as hard as it's been to say goodbye, especially, you know, watching his two kids go through what they're going through and his family, I have this beautiful gift of connection with him. And I feel like I'm parenting with him in a whole other space, in a whole other way. I know he's always got my back. I ask for help all the time. <laughs> um, yeah, and he shows we have, up. And he, he shows you. Me. He shows up all the time in so many magical ways, and uh, and that's really helped my healing journey. Just knowing that he's not gone. He's just he's just in a different space, right? He's in a whole new, different realm, and yet yeah. that realm is so vibrant and beautiful and they really are able to connect to us. I remember after he passed that I knew that he was going to come to me because of our connection. And I thought, oh God. And I went into fear mode of, I don't know how I can do this. I know that, how do I say this? I was a part of the journey of him fading away and it made it difficult for me to think that, oh gosh, what if he finds me and I have to tell her and connect with him for you? I don't know why I was so fearful of it. I remember saying that to you at one point and you and I had tried to book a time for you to come for a reading. And I don't even know what happened. I remember it not happening. And I was, I think I'm the one who energetically pushed it away because I was scared. You know, I love you. And 
I have been a part of the whole journey. And so that made it, it made it too personal for me almost. And I didn't know if I could do the, the work without putting emotion into it, because I have to turn that emotion off in a session. People need me to be their rock. And if I crumble, how is that going to be helpful? And I, I knew that there was going to come a time that he was going to keep bugging me and that I was going to have to be the channel because he knew that you would trust me. Yeah. And he sure did come through. I think how many months later did you come to me? Uh, I think after I came he to passed you in January. So, so like three months later. Okay. Three months later. And I remember you, <laughs> I remember you walking into my house and I looked at your face and I went, Oh God, give me the strength to do this. And I had to try to get out of my head and just channel. I had to just channel. And he did, he came through and as difficult as it was, he would try to lighten the mood. He actually said something very personal to us and we don't have to share it, but (laughs) it was something that nobody Shannon, nobody Mm -hmm. knew about your lives and -hmm. about him. And we both got a good chuckle out of it. We, we laughed for quite a while and it did. He knew that you needed that in order to not only trust that it was him that I, because I know you trust me, but we all need that solid proof when we are talking to the other side, or when you go to a reading, we don't want to just hear, they miss you. They love you. Those kind of generic messages we want the proof. And he knew that he had to give you that, you know, exact proof, but it was something that was so funny that (laughs) he knew it would make you smile and you would leave there with a little bit of lightness in your heart rather than a heavy feeling. And even when we would see each other after we still joke about that thing because it's funny and, and it made you smile and he knew exactly what you needed. Yeah. And I love that. Yeah. He knew we needed a good laugh. (laughs) (laughs) He did. did. Because it it was pretty heavy up until that point. And then we both broke out laughing and it was like, oh my God, I can't believe we're sitting here laughing. But that's, (laughs) but that's who he was. He would never want you to sit there and just mourn and grieve and cry. And he's not like that. He would never want you to just suffer. So he did actually try to lighten the mood and change it up. And thank God he did, you know, and it was valid proof of something so personal that I could never possibly know or anyone else for that matter. So, um, you know, (laughs) Oh my God, we should, should we share it or (laughs) it's totally up to you. It is personal. So if you feel guided to, by all means share away. (laughs) Oh, he was, he's so funny. So, okay. I'm going to share it because okay. <laughs> I think it was really cute. I'm still um, going to laugh. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, he was showing you um, his hairy chest, right? Remember the image was like him and I laying in bed together and I was rubbing his hairy chest and then he rolled over and I was rubbing his back. Yeah. And <laughs> Scott had a very large protruding mole on the bottom like the lower left side of his back and it was an area that I always kind of 
skimmed over <laughs> or I missed <laughs> and it grew it grew multiple hairs out of it it was it was like you know it had a, a life of its own this little mole on the back and uh and I think there was times where you know when we would he's gonna kill me for sharing this part probably but on holidays like b- before we go on a holiday he'd always have me shave his back <laughs> and, and shave the little hairs that would come out of the mole Anyways, um, <laughs> Karina was giving this reading to me and she's showing me her eyes are closed and she gets to this area on the back and her whole body goes, <laughs> she's like, why is he showing me this mole on his back? And I think we started howling. I'm like, why would he show you that? That is so strange. But yes, he did have this giant mole on his back that I would always kind of avoid. <laughs> And I think at one point I made a comment like, you know, you can like get these removed, right? And he's like, whatever. (laughs) Why would I get it removed? Because I don't see it, right? He didn't didn't care about this mole. Oh my God. And I remember I did have my eyes closed and I was kind of like, he was showing me his body and I was like, okay, you know, and, (laughs) and I got to this part and I went, whoa, what is this? And then we both started laughing and he goes, but that's how you felt about it. And, and again, he showed it because nobody could possibly know that. And he really wanted you to know that this, you know, not that you didn't believe, of course you believed, but it was extra validation. And, and we both sat and laughed just as we are now about it. (laughs) And he knew that that would be something that Mm -hmm. going forward, every time you did perhaps get into a place of sadness or grief overtaking you that you could remember that little little piece that would just bring mm-hmm. a smile to your face and I love that I love that he did that because it's never happened in another reading ever like that so it was like he knew what you needed and and that shows how strong he is right absolutely and I'm really glad that you could come on here today and share that journey of how connected you are to him still so that you don't feel so alone parenting. And even though, and I say this all the time, we will always miss the physical presence, but when we have that feeling of their spiritual presence and the energy that surrounds us and the things that they can do, they can move things. That's how strong they are. They Mm -hmm. can flicker lights on and off, turn TVs on and off, show up in songs on a radio there's so many ways that they can get through to us and show us that they exist, that that in itself, at least for me as a medium is very comforting. And that's why I do this kind of work. And I know you do this kind of work as well to help others understand that that energy does exist. I'm so grateful for it. I'm so grateful for you. I'm, I'm grateful to have the, the connection and the bond that I do have with him in this way. Mm-hmm. Um, and anybody can have it, you know, we, when we're in grief, I don't think we can see past the end of our noses. Sometimes I think we get really stuck in the darkness and the heaviness of it. And, um, and that's not what they want for us. Yes. It's sad and it's hard that they have left, but it's also such a beautiful thing when we can open ourselves up to the idea that they're still like all around us. They're everywhere. They're in everything. And they're full of like unconditional love. 
And why wouldn't we want to tap into that? Why wouldn't we want to still communicate, communicate with that? And yes, yes, seeing a medium means you get that confirmation, but we all have this ability. We all have it. We sure do. It's within all of us. And so that's what I keep trying to tell people. If that can be the message today, it's, you know, we are all going to have hard stuff in our lives. (laughs) We're all going to lose someone at some point in our lives. And grief can be a gift. It can really, it can really push us in directions of tremendous growth. And um, it can open us up to something much greater, which is, why we came here we came here to remember what we are who we are why we're here um and i think unfortunately loss and death is what can get us there what can kind of open that up us and yeah help us to find that light help help us to find the light exactly Mm -hmm. when i saw you in january i knew that you were just broken at that time who wouldn't be but when obviously I've seen you a few times you know quite a few times since and the last time I saw you I looked at you and I said oh my gosh like I can I know you've had a very difficult time obviously but when I looked at you I saw light and I saw hope and I saw I saw you again and I feel like that the reason that you are so strong and full of that light is because you are co-parenting with him from the other side and that you're very aware of it. And that's amazing for me to see. And that's why I wanted you to come on here today to inspire others as you inspire me to keep going and to find that light and to know that grief does come in stages, but if we connect to the other side and we know that they exist and how real it is, it helps it to be not so painful and so strong. Absolutely. It really does. That was beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) What you said is beautiful. (laughs) So I want to leave you all with this today. None of us are promised tomorrow. All we have is this very present moment. So try to make it count. Do everything in life that you want to do. Live as if there were no tomorrow and love the ones you cherish even harder. I want to thank you all so much for joining us today on the Divine Messages podcast. And Shannon, thank you so, so much for sharing your journey with us. Thank you for having me on, Karina. I'm grateful. I'm grateful as well. If you would like to book a reading with me, I can be reached at www.divinemessages.ca or on Instagram at divinemessages333 or at the Divine Messages podcast, as well as on Facebook under Divine Messages or the Divine Messages podcast. Please bear in mind that the perspectives and opinions represented in this podcast are based solely on the Divine Messages interpretations. We can in no way be held responsible for the actions of our followers.